Yo, what's up, guys? Jay Charles here on the hashtag Ask Jay Charles Show. Here today in the Perform First Gym and the UK with Lance Cresswell. How's it going, man? Good. That's good. That's good. So um, this guy right here, you know, I've I followed him for what, what about like seven, eight months or almost a year, right? Kind of connected a little bit. He's a trainer over there. He has plenty of clients. He has his own little business, um, LCPT. You know, he knows his shit. Um, I watch him. I like what he does. Um, why don't you give us a little uh, rundown on like when you started training and stuff like that, and you know, just like on who you are as an individual. Okay. Uh, well, I've always been involved in the fitness industry through, um, through basketball, actually, funnily enough, because I know the UK, we're not big on basketball whatsoever. Um, that was like an unconventional route to get into the gym and PT and whatever, but I started playing basketball and we, funnily enough, we had a strength conditioning coach at the time who was real serious, like he was, he was, uh, <laughs> Real like, like you know, we we only thought that we'd have to play ball three four hours a day and then do some bicep curls, maybe do some chin ups, whatever, maybe squat once a week, whatever. But no, this this guy was technical. Like he, you know, he he knew what he was talking about in words, and he, he wanted the very best. And that was the first like real taste of um, of just any idea that the gym could have this. An art form to it, do you know what I mean? Like, there's there, there is uh knowledge behind these guys, it's not just the biggest guy wins, like the coach, the actual guy that I'm talking about, small. He's like, we used to call him uh, Lord we used to call him Lord Farquhar, Lord Farquhar, guy. But I tell you what, honestly, he's forgotten more than I know. Um, so when I when I because I was on scholarship in basketball, when I stopped playing, um. I always knew that I wanted to do something with coaching. I just love coaching and teaching people. And, uh, I'm not that kind of drill sergeant guy. Like, you know, get it done, otherwise I'm not going to be happy and I'm going to give you 10. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that using fear as a, as, as, a, as a motivator. I don't think it works and it's just not me personally. So um, it was nice to kind of uh, uh, link back up with that strength conditioning coach and learn from him and learn how did he get you know us to be so strong and performing so well in the gym without ever shouting just you know how and for me well what he taught me and it comes down to knowledge it just comes down to knowledge and experience and like throwing yourself out there and failing a lot and then learning do you know what I mean like he, he openly said to me that when, when he was training us back in the day uh, he didn't know what he was doing but he, he just copied what he'd seen people yeah. like. Uh, you know Charles Charles Poliquin, so the late great Charles Poliquin, if you've you heard of it, like he just copied everything that he did. And he said because he was the best coach he could find, he just copied everything he did. And what happened was over time, he started to understand why he did what he did, and then that was when he kind of found his own nice. way or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so that was kind of like my journey through that, and since basketball. I got into basketball coaching, I got into a general kind of like fitness instructor, you know, the classes and stuff like that. Um, and then now I've got into what I say now, for the past couple of years, I've been fully fledged, nothing else, no other job, no other just training people, training clients, coaching clients.
Nice. Now, um, when you first started coaching clients, training clients, was it a uh, was it scary for you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think just as a general rule of thumb for life, like the things that scare you the most are usually the things that are the most important to complete. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, yeah. You've got a hurdle that you look, you think twice about, it's usually because it's something challenging enough to, to give you that buzz. That, that That's what life is about, man. Like, fulfilling your potential. And you're never going to, you're never going to fulfill your potential with the hurdles that you look at life. <laughs> yeah, so true, man. So, so true. I feel like my first experience with my own one-to-one clients was uh, I, I I couldn't have been even well, like I couldn't have been any more well prepared, but it didn't matter. I was still scared. I was still scared because I hadn't I hadn't done that before. done it before. Yeah, shoulders and um, you know I'm sure I know that you know what this is like. You know you're so scared of what could happen, what might happen, or what is so unlikely to happen, but in your head it's like, oh my God, what if this happens, what if that happens, what if this happens, that you end up selling yourself, you end up oh, giving more than you need to, giving more than you should, and and it ends up almost, I remember my first client felt more like a favor than a client, because I was so afraid of disappointing the client. <laughs> I get, okay, I, I, I just do everything then. I just give you everything and I do this, I do that, and then day or night, blah, 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 blah. And I ended up giving so much of myself that I, I didn't enjoy it coming yeah. I think it was like like 80% of the way through. I remember looking at the calendar and I was counting down sessions. <laughs> it's awful, awful. But you know what? It's a learning experience. And I, and I did that and I, I vowed to myself that I would never make that mistake again. Um, and, and I valued myself and I valued what I was actually doing for people. And I valued the fact that if somebody's coming to you, they're coming to you for a service, not because they just think you're a great, always oh, a great guy. And no, they come to you for a service and you've got to be confident that you can provide that. So I think that's where the uh, the, the, the butterflies start to alleviate for me. But I kind of knew that, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this and I can get better. Nice. I know when I first started, um, like my legitimate first client, um, I had her for one day and then she left. I didn't know what I was doing at all, man. I made her throw up. I was like trying to make her work out like I used to work out and I didn't know what I was doing. After that, I had I got another client and I had her for six months and she was literally like my only fucking client, one client for six months. I couldn't get anyone else. I didn't know how to sell myself. I didn't know how to do all that shit, man. Um, but like you said, it comes like with experience over time, learning from other coaches, doing different things. Um, but yeah, that first one, I've, I'm, I still keep in touch with her every now and then, but I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Wow. How long have you been doing this? Then? Uh, for about five years now. Wow. Wow. Is that like, is that your only, only, the only job that you've had? For- no, I've, I've had other jobs. Cause I mean, I have a, I've had a spot for the past five years where um, I have to, like, I rent out the, the space, you know what I mean? Uh, the first spot was very small. It was, so it's in a, it was in a martial arts facility. It's a martial arts facility. And it was literally, the guy was like, dude, I'll give you this little room. If you want to use it, go for it. Little 12 by 18 foot room, like almost like a damn bedroom almost. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You know, it was about taking that opportunity, man. And like, when I walked in there, I was like, oh, damn, this is it? Like, what the fuck am I gonna do in here? 
What do I do? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I just took it, man. So um, I've had other jobs to help me, like, pay the rent and stuff like that. we got a bigger space now. Um, as you can see, we have, you know, decent size now. Um, other coaches and stuff like that. But, um, no, this, I've always done this as well as other things. You know what I mean? Um, like, I started this when I was in school, um, getting my degree. I did my internship um, at other gyms, learning more from these coaches. I did... I coached at a high school for two years for free because I wanted to learn more, man. And see, a lot of times that's what people don't understand. Like, that's what you got to do. If you want to, you know, learn from like these really great coaches and stuff, sometimes you got to do that shit for free. You know? I, I was I was good, but uh, there's, there's a place down uh, in, in the UK, right? And, and listen, listen, viewers and whatever, if you ever get a chance to be in the UK, I would, and this is me being totally honest, I would go to Edward's performance before I came to LCPT. The stuff that those guys have, have forgotten is more than I know. Like their knowledge is just ridiculous. And, and me as a trainer and you as a trainer, we value that. You know, there'll be little things that will go, wow, like that's, yeah. that, that's next level. And for a client, you might not notice that, but you know, I would hope that any any viewers watching that are potential clients or you know regular gym goers or whatever they trust our words when we say listen like, like okay, we're, we're we're good we're good at what they do but there are certain people out here that are like einstein's like once in a generation <laughs> but you know they've been practicing their crap like that like pete edwards the guy that is head of it he's been uh fully like a fully personal trainer or had a gym for the past 18 years now, I think. 18 years. I'm I'm only 25 years old. You know what I mean? I've not even had that much time to like actually try to do that. So you know, uh, maybe when I get to his kind of like level of like uh, expertise, whatever, I'll be there. But uh, those guys out there, like just an absolute ridiculous uh, amount of knowledge, or whatever. And if anybody's ever down in the UK, go and see them. Whatever, whatever it is, like for just nutritional health screening or uh, for a personal training session or whatever, it's absolutely ridiculous. And again, it comes back to what we were saying about um, you know, when I first started, that that was where I mentored at. That was where I did my mentorship and everything. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm helping to coach clients, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to uh, one of the coaches. Like, well, as soon as the client leaves. Say, oh, that was just the world number two in judo. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, and he's like, and like yeah, this is a professional ice hockey player. It's just a <laughs> I'm like, what? And then on the other side of it, you've got things like, um, like, like, you know, high, really, really, really high up judges or lawyers. I'm, you know, it was very intimidating. So when I got to my own space and went to, uh, you know, I'm training the general public and, I've got like Martha, for example, who's like 50 years old. She comes to me after and she drops the kids off at school. It's yeah. a lot intimidating, like a lot less pressure. Yeah. But all of the pressure that does come is all on my shoulders. So it was like, like whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking about what you said about the, the little martial arts room, I started a little martial arts room as well. <laughs> I, had so I had a class for six weeks. It was every Thursday, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. six weeks. Right, and it was five five pounds a class, and, uh, and 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 I signed everything. I sorted all the papers out, uh, um, hired the room, everything was sorted. 
fully committed to it, advertised it, everything. But what ended up happening was on the first day, I literally get there at like 6 p.m. I'm, I'm, start, I'm sort of making sure everything's cool, like, everything's ready. People start arriving. I, I'm about to take the equipment into the room. And the owner goes, no, no equipment. You're not allowed to use any equipment. <laughs> I've literally got a room. Uh, I think there was like, there was like 18 girls. Oh, 18. wow. My first session. I'm telling the sweat was I would have been sweating, man. <laughs> I was like, right, okay, change the whole thing. The assistant coach I had in the time was like, wait, what? I was like, no, no, the whole thing, scrap it. That, is, that shit is out of the window. We're going to stop from scratch. So I think, but things like that, when they keep you on your feet, like they, they give you integrity, they build your character as a trainer. Big time, man. As a trainer. Like, I, that shit still happens to me every now and then, man. Like, the other day, um, we had our volleyball girls here because we have a team of volleyball girls that we do strength conditioning for. And I had scheduled them all to be here at 4.30, right? And I guess they heard wrong or something and they showed up around 3.45 and were ready to go. And you said 4 o'clock, right? I was like, wow, we had a plan for 4.30. So, I mean, I didn't have a game plan yet. I was going to game plan at 4 o'clock. I was going to put everything out there, set everything up what I want to do. So I had to adjust. And that's what I think that as far as like, you know, a business owner, as far as a trainer, you have to be able to adjust real quick. You know what I mean? Because something can happen right there at the drop of a dime. And that's not just with that. That could be like, oh, a client like, hey, I can't pay this week. You know, can I can I do this next time? Or, you know, it's stuff like that. And you have to be quick to adjust to things. And it's, it's tough. <laughs> hey, I watched the video that you put up the day uh, about how you said that, you know, a client was kind of struggling paying paying the bill and he kind of said just be honest like, we'll just sort it out for next month and he was like oh. dude that, um, that's really happened man um, so a buddy of mine he uh, he couldn't pay for one of the clients that I have he couldn't pay for about two weeks he, something happened whatever and I said you know what man I don't want you to go two weeks without working out or two weeks so I said let's just train I'll bring you for free for the next yeah. two weeks man don't worry about your payment don't nothing I just, I need you to keep on because I don't want you to lose the gains that we've already made. You know what I mean? And it's, I don't know, I think, you know, a lot more businesses need to be a little more caring like that. Yes, that affected me. That affects the income and the revenue and stuff. But I don't know, I think it goes a long way and it shows that you actually care about the place, you know? Like, you know, such a fine line. It's like, it's like a balancing act between being this, um, this uh, business owner who is all about business everything's shitty sharp and everything's in check look at this file it's there the money is there and everything's there and all the boring stuff that nobody really tells you about when you first start personal training that you're going to have to become an expert at yeah, that's, I, yeah I hate that but that's what you have to get in order but there's also a fine line between being so shitty sharp that you're kind of a little bit um, ruthless with the way that you treat clients or staff or, or, or the business or whatever like you have to remember that whether it's PT, whether it's being a fucking chef, whether it's being a cleaner or a fucking bin man, business is about people. And if the people ain't right, then the business ain't gonna be right. And you could easily say to that, you could, you're well within your right to say, oh, you've not got the money. Okay, well, I'll see you in two weeks. And then yeah. just leave. But how is that person going to feel? What is that gonna do for the short term and long term? In the short term, 
that motherfucker is going to feel like shit and he's going <laughs> to not go to the gym because he trusts what you do and he knows that when he's by himself, he's not going to be as good as, as, as he would be with you under your thumb. So that's frustrating, but you can, you can, as a trainer, you can kind of go, listen, like, you know, let's say for me, for example, I, I often have this kind of similar situation. And, and I say, listen, you're a long-term client, right? See what we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of take a thing, right? So we'll move this Friday session to Monday, so it kind of stretches things out. But instead of Friday, what we want to do is come to the class. So, you know, because I've got the class uh, once or twice a week that girls can kind of drop into, and there's like 20 people at a time from there. And it's like five pounds. So even on the worst day, you-, you Super affordable, yeah. Really good. No, it's not personal training. No, it's not as hands-on, and you're not going to hit your PBs or your your targets or whatever. But you're going to do something, and it's going to be under my guidance. And I'm there, and I'm going to see you there. And you know what? We'll kind of throw things forward so that when you get paid, it's like bam, cool. I'm back into it, back into the swing of things. You know what I mean? So you've got to have a little bit of leeway. Just yeah. appreciate that life is not fucking straight. It's not. It's not. So true, man. So true. I've always said um, a great leader, a great business owner, a leader, whatever, has to be able to do two different things. They have to be able to navigate through troubled waters and obstacles, and they also have to be able to see the future, like what's ahead. So like, say you're doing really good right now, like us, we have all the football teams and everything like that, the volleyball teams, but their season is about to start come in August. We're not going to see them anymore. So our game plan was, okay, cool. When they're gone, what do we have planned? What are we going to do? So that's what we're, we're going to start doing, um, like adult group uh, boot camp classes and stuff like yours. You know what I mean? Um, so you have to be able to see, okay, what's good right now? Okay, this is not going to be so busy in that time, the slow month. No, no. Yeah, uh, good. Okay. Yeah, the slow month, you know what I mean? Because it's busy, then you got the slow month. So you have to be able to say, okay, cool. I know these months are going to be slow. What are we going to do? You know what I mean? Is this there? Good? Yeah, I know what it's cut out. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, I've got you. I've got you. But you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Yeah, you have to be, have to be able to navigate and like see ahead the future of what to do. Um, so, I mean, like, as a trainer, you know, um, what would you say has been the toughest thing, like, as far as, I mean, now you seem really established. You seem like you're pretty well established. I see you have a big group every week. Um, was it hard getting that big group with you or no? Like, was it hard uh, establishing yourself in that community? It's a weird one because yes and no. Like, the journey is, is tough. It's tough because you sacrifice a lot. You give a lot of your time. You give a lot of you have all, all of your time, you have all of your energy, um, you spend a lot, like whether it's your energy, your time, your finances, you're just very invested in it the whole time. Um, so, and, and that's regardless of whether you're successful or not. Like, I've had months where I put everything into it, I've got nothing out, and I'm like, yeah. You know what I mean? And you, and you think it's going to pay off, but it doesn't quite pay off in the way you hope for or whatever, right? But, you know, I've always put everything into it. So it's always been, uh, it's always consumed a lot of me. Like, 
how active I am now and how uh, how much I'm about the business now, it looks like a lot. And everybody's like, oh my God, like, that's really, really into it. Like, it's really going well. I'm like, listen, the, the, the success now is as a, it's a direct result of the work that I put in a year ago, six months ago. Yep. Like, do you know what I mean? And so they're seeing this work now. Like, oh God, the business is doing well now. I'm saying, listen, this work that I'm doing now won't pay off until next year. Like, I know it won't. I've got things in the pipeline that I'm literally taking up some of my gym time and I know it's going to pay off in like December, January or whatever. And I'm okay with that. But I think you, you kind of, I think you kind of, uh, the deeper you get into the business, whether it's gym or anything else, right? I just think you can kind of suss out and you kind of weigh up when things are going to pay off. So I, when I first started, I didn't know when everything was going to pay off. I didn't know how long I had to be good for for somebody to come turn around and say, oh, that's what you want. So like, I remember my first, my first uh, three clients, my first ever, ever, ever client, uh, like I said, it was a nightmare. I trained her for almost nothing. Like literally, I, in fact, it was, it was nothing. It was pretty much nothing. I used to have to pay the gym five pounds to, to, to train each, so every session I did, I have to pay five pounds. And I charged her, I think it was 120 pounds for two sessions a week for 12 weeks. So it worked out to be five pounds a session. So, <laughs> so I was, she gave me the five pounds. I didn't just hand it right off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I tell people that and they laugh. I'm like, you, what, so you work for free? You're stupid. I'm like, no, nah, bro. If you ain't prepared to work for free, you don't love what you do and you're not, you're not really invested into it. That's, you're not looking at it long term. Yeah. So as much as it pained me to do that, I thought, you know what, if I can get up for free and train this woman, train her ass off, get her fucking results, then when people are paying me what I'm actually worth, I will be happily, I'll be up, I'll be chipper. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's one thing that I found as well, just on a slightly separate uh, topic. Whenever I put my prices up, my service has gone up just by, just, I think it's my attitude, because I'm, I'm looking at this client and she's paying me however much money. I'm thinking, that's like a lot. I need to, I need to, you know, make sure my, I, I get my hair cut and shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, you gotta look the part. Yeah, I'm thinking about the whole pack. I'm thinking about like, you know, we gotta make sure the gyms look nice and they've got the fans on and everything. Because it does, it has that psychological effect on you. But back in the day, like when I first started, I didn't know, or I didn't, I, I, I didn't know when this was gonna kind of pay off. I didn't know how hard I had to work for how long. Like I said, my first client was a friend of a friend who needed a PT that, you know, was basically really, really cheap. So I kind of took it as a project. Uh, my second client came through that class that I, um, that, 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 I, that I ended up doing. That was like, the, you know, the body weight class with no equipment that I was just speaking to you about. But that was my second client that I, that I ever got. She came through that. Um, so, and I remember being in the consultation with her and, you know, within about five minutes, this woman had said yes. She literally sit down and she said, so, you know, I want to, on personal training, I'm going on holiday in three months and I want to lose, you know, a good amount of weight and I want to be able to see my abs a little bit more and have a little bit more definition of my abs. I was like, okay, cool, blah, blah, blah. These are the prices. She said, yeah, I'll go for that one. I sat there and I talked to her for another 30 minutes trying to convince her to, to take that one. Because, you know what I mean? Because you just think, oh, 
okay? Uh, yeah, I mean, what you, you, you also get this. You, I'm just like, yo, relax. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not conning anybody. Do you know what I mean? You know, um, and then my third client ever. This is again my first three clients ever. My third client, I was training myself in the gym, and she was on the treadmill, walking on the treadmill, and she kept looking at me, and I thought, "What's this woman looking at?" Like, I'm here, bust my out. I'm that. I'm deadlifted. Do you know what I mean? I'm deadlifted. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I stop, please. Um, but you know, like they, they, those are the kind of ones that got the ball rolling. Yeah. And one, one thing I found as well with, with social media and just in everyday kind of life, people like to see the people people that they relate to. Um, so I've got all female clients. Now I post a video of me working out, and maybe they'll like it because it's like, ooh, it's it's a guy and he's working out or whatever. Or maybe they'll like it because it's Lance and they know me and they're like, oh, it's Lance, it's our trainer, whatever, yeah. it's coach. Um, but I post a, a video of a way less impressive exercise, less impressive weight, less impressive video altogether. But if it's got a woman in it that resembles them, they go crazy for it because okay. it means something to them. It gives them hope. Gives them hope. You, you see, I've got a client called Carmel who's 50, 50 something, 55, I think, right? Uh, we had a barbecue yesterday actually at the gym. She bought a big old tiramisu. <laughs> yeah, she, she's like the mother of the group, right? <laughs> so she came uh, and, and she's at the gym and she's doing a rack pull uh, below the knee, 100 kilograms for yeah. two reps. Damn. She only weighs, she only weighs 55, 60. And I'm like, <laughs> like relative strength. Like, yeah. It's more than me. Uh, I didn't say that. You know what I mean? I was thinking, hey, what's wrong with me? But I post that and, you know, people are, you know, inspired by it. Whether or not that equates to clients, usually does. But whether it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. For me, that's building the integrity of who I am as a trainer. That's yeah. building the culture between the clients. Um, and speaking of, that's one thing that I love about, like, your place, man. The culture that you guys have got there. Like, even the name, Perform, First. Win, elite, perform first, elite performance. All four words means you've got to be the fucking best, bro. Yeah. You know I mean? I, I like that. And I like that that's kind of the ethos that you have around training. And I think that's so fucking important to have that and to know that. Um, you have to have I've that. got like a, a little mission statement. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got a little mission statement that I always read every morning to myself, it's just on my phone. And it just kind of sets, it's like only a couple of sentences, but it really sets me up. Uh, I think that's so important right? like when you're starting out to have not only a vision but like a day-to-day uh, ideology philosophy sorry a day-to-day philosophy of, of forget what you do it's not about that it's how am I going to do this how am I going to approach this first session or whatever you know I think that's so important man. 100% 100% and when you're talking about the culture that's huge man and you have to sometimes, I don't know if you've encountered it yet, as far as like the culture of any business, you're going to have one or two people every now and then that don't fit that culture, that don't fit that mold. And, you know, they become, they, they make it a little toxic. Have you had that yet? Yeah. yeah. I've had that and I've had to talk to the individual and unfortunately, like they can't be here anymore. You know what I mean? Just because like 
it ruins the culture and we try and develop something here that where everyone you know everyone likes it and everything but if that one person kind of you know does things that everyone is like hey i don't i don't know about this and you can feel it so you have to have that talk and uh, have you have you felt that before though you've had that before Three ways it can really fuck you up. Yes. First way is being honest. We're human, man. And if we can't connect with a certain client, we aren't. And if I don't enjoy coaching somebody, it doesn't matter how great I've written that program or how well I know I can get the results from that person. I'm just not going to enjoy it. I'm not going to enjoy it. And, and that's that's like where that's the first hurdle. Um, which is an important one. You've got to, I can't take people on that I know I'm not going to, uh, maybe enjoy is a strong word, but I'm not going to feel good about coaching. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If I don't feel good about coaching them, I cannot take them on. It doesn't mean I have to like them, but if I don't feel good about coaching them, it's just, that's the first, first hurdle. Yeah. Second thing is that if I don't enjoy coaching them, the, 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 uh, most probable thing that's also going to happen is that they probably don't enjoy being coached by me either. It's a very energy like that is very yeah. like do you know what I mean? Like people, it's like a relationship. Like a guy will be like, you know, he'll be like thinking like shit. Oh my god, the wolf! I don't think something's right. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong. Yeah. And then he asks, and it's like, yeah, something is wrong with me. It's like, well, why didn't you ask from the from the get go? Do you know what I mean? Like that energy that you have with somebody is very um, is connected. So. If I don't enjoy coaching somebody, the chances are they're not going to be coached by me, which is going to make for a god-awful session, god-awful cycle of program. Uh, and the third thing is that you have to be aware of your other clients as well. Like, that's that's one thing I think that this year I found out. Um, uh, like, I, I last year I had a client who I signed up when I was a bit wary about signing up because she didn't, kind of adopt the ideology of what I was trying to build at that point. It wasn't even built then, so I was really cautious of who I was taking on. But, you know, desperate times go for desperate measures and the business was like, it was like, this could have been, this was basically the person I needed to sign up to kind of break even. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Okay, signed her up, hope for the best. It didn't work out, right? Straight away, within three sessions, it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not enjoying this. She's not enjoying this. We're canceling on each other. It's yeah. just going, I'm losing integrity as a trainer. She's just losing the fucking world to live every time she turns up to the gym. <laughs> just, it just was, honestly, it's awful, bro. But I learned from that. I really learned from that. And I've never, that was like last year, uh, probably, probably like June last year. So just over a year ago, right? Now, um, what I found is that what you've got to be careful of is especially because I've obviously this year uh, we've done the class. So the class has like literally for the past three months, the class has had 20 girls, like it's been a full capacity every single week, which is great. But because it's been a full capacity, there's been a bunch of different girls, everything that's really huge, hugely different dynamic. And what happened actually the other week, uh, about a couple months ago, my, my ideal client is between 25 and 55 and they're a female and they want to better themselves, right? In any way, shape, or form. And that's pretty much the, the, the bulk of it. So you got to think that's mainly, you know, middle-aged women, 
they've got kids or they've got nieces and nephews and you know they're uh, somewhat body conscious and they want to better themselves and it's a very very friendly environment very safe very inclusive but then uh, we had a couple of girls come to the class who were 20, 20 and 21 or 21 22 so it's so a little bit younger right but that three or four years difference between 21 and 25 <laughs> that that, level. That's, that's <laughs> So, so yeah. you know, you come to this class and their tops are tight, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. tight on the legs, and you know, everything's like they're about to go uh, uh, modeling in a bikini. Uh, <laughs> Just making everyone else feel uncomfortable and stuff, right? Yeah. Full face of makeup, everything. Holy and, shit. Selfies <laughs> like, around here. Yeah, wow. And I and I came up to it and I went up to him and I was like, hey, how are you? Um, so this is your first time. Have fun, relax. Everybody's cool. Everybody will be absolutely lovely to you. If you need anything from anybody, ask them where the coach is. Blah, 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 blah. Explain it. Treat, treat them exactly the same as I treat everybody else, right? Because it's only fair. After, uh, the, the class is only 45 minutes, okay? So after 15 minutes, they were um, outside. Uh, one had an asthma attack and one was almost uh, on the verge of vomiting, right? <laughs> again, I don't want to get this reputation for being like a dictator. Like, honestly, it was nothing to do with me. The class, yeah. the class is what it is. Yeah. And if you do that, then that's, that's just that's just. Yeah, I just, I just out of shape. Yeah. It's <laughs> out of shape, right? <laughs> It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that I had like pushed them to like a, a, a oblivion or nothing like that. But what was funny is that they never came back, right? And it wasn't because they were sick. It wasn't because they were ill. It was because the girls that the other eighteen girls that were there, yeah, uh, they didn't say anything or do anything or point fingers or anything like that. But the other eighteen girls that were there were such a proud, strong, dominant <laughs> culture. Yeah. Right? And I mean this in the gentlest way, but because they were such dominating, proud culture, they, they thought the culture was thick. They built this basically a family, right? Yeah. And now you've got two outsiders coming into the gym, and they just didn't fit, and they felt. They didn't, they, listen, they, they weren't made to feel unwelcome. If anything, they were like, yeah, do you need this? Do you need help? Blah, 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 blah. But it was like, they had come into something that was already like six feet deep. And they were like, wow, like, no, like, no. Yeah. And it just kind of, it really stuck with me because I thought, you know what? Like, I, I, I would have loved to sign those girls up as clients. Yeah. But the deeper you get, the more you realize who is an absolute ideal client and who kind of isn't. Yep. You know what I mean? I think last year, to kind of sum it up, last year I was very conscious of who not to sign up. Like, you know, oh, stay away from that kind of person, stay away from that kind of person, which is, I think, the right place to start. But then this year I've been like, hmm, I, that person would be right for me. Not, not, no, they're not wrong. No, you are right for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I'm not afraid now because, you know, I'm not struggling for clients or anything. I'm not, like, desperate to get anybody else on board. I'm not afraid to say now, actually, there's another guy over there and he's really good at what he does and he will do what you're asking for much better than I could. And I'm so happy to say that. And I, I don't think many um, 
I don't think enough PTs have that philosophy of knowing themselves and know when to kind of say no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was about to say that, man. A lot of people don't know how to say no. And, you know, a lot of times these PTs are just doing it for the paycheck. You know yeah. Yeah. I've, know, I've known some of them like that and I don't know I don't think it's all about that like I had a client one time he uh, he was missing a lot of sessions he was always canceling on me and then when he was here he was never really like going 100% and when I would try and push him more he would be like pretend like he's sick or something and I, ultimately man I just I had to let him know I was like dude I'm sorry man but like we've been working for like six months we haven't seen a lot of results you're not putting in the effort you know i know you're not eating the way you're supposed to outside of here because nothing has changed so i'm sorry man and i had to let him go but i mean the paycheck was good man like he was like oh i'll pay more i'll pay i'll pay this in advance I'll, I'll, okay cool but at the same time like it wasn't worth my time <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny about that that, that sounds exactly you know if you were just to take this out of context and literally just to listen to it and do a podcast Pick off the first and the last thing that you and I just said. I would think you were talking about breaking up with a girl. <laughs> yeah, basically, man. Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's like you're in a relationship. Yeah, that relationship. Yeah, exactly. You're in a relationship. Everything's all good at the start. Then you get to know the person. It's like, as much as the sex is great, and you, <laughs> yeah. and you know, you know, you, you, you love the same films, the same movies. At the bottom of your heart, you just know that you know, she ain't, she ain't about your life and you ain't about her life and yep. you ignore that. Once you've realised that, to ignore it is a decision that you make against yourself. I think that's like, it's totally self-sabotaging to ignore the fact that somebody who you are with, whether it's a client, a relative, your mum or your flipping damn uh, relationship, it doesn't matter. If you're going to ignore that somebody is toxic around you or you're toxic for somebody else, you're self-sabotaging. It's sad and it's hard to kind of get out of the habit, but it is a self-sabotaging kind of habit. It's like a cycle, almost. Yep, that's that's true, man. That is 100% true. I'm going to put something on my uh, Instagram story. <laughs> little, uh, yeah, just going to let people know. Do you know what? I don't think I do that. Enough. I don't think I... Uh, I always put stuff about clients on there and stuff, but you know, things like this, really interesting, you know, podcasts and debates or whatever, like, I think that's, um, I think more people have with the rise of social media and how big podcasts in general have gotten now, like, people are into, people, people, people are watching this sort of thing in replacement of things like The Simpsons. Oh, or, big time, yeah. You know I mean, like, they, people don't sit down and just scroll through the TV anymore. Exactly. They, find, they look that they like and they, and they want to watch that. You know what I mean? Man, I'm telling you right now, that's what I tell everyone. You know, I know a few people that have businesses and they're trying to get like TV commercials. I'm like, why? I'm like, more than half the time, people are fast forwarding through their TV yeah. commercials or they're watching Netflix or, yeah. you know what I mean? Everyone is on their phone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're more like you're you're probably better to do marketing 100% on your phone versus trying to get a fucking TV commercial yeah. that you're going to overpay for, you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> TV time is expensive as well. I, w- I wanted to talk to you about that as far as uh, social media. I like the way you set yours up. It's it's always uniform. You got the same things, you know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah. Um now was that a big did that help you a lot as far as like getting clientele and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done, 
think that the history of a training people like that for two two adverts one 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 or one or two adverts are I think well I think it was one advert out actually the history of me training people and that was uh, that was over Facebook that also ran through Instagram um, and again I was just you know I'm not against advertising like I paid advertising at all that I mean I get it you know some people aren't going to see your shit unless you pay for the advertising because especially even more so in the past like month or two Instagram especially has changed the algorithm big time yep like you can't get seen unless the the, the thumbnail is a naked man a naked woman yep like being a sharp a fucking cannon you know what I mean ridiculous yeah ridiculous bro but um, to quote uh, one of my favourite favourite strength coaches of all time Charles Pollockman right he said that he, he, he had this, he's got this website called Strength Strength Sensei. And um, a lot of the guys who researched the team that was like, helping write his articles for it said that he came back and they said, listen, like, the website's doing really well, but uh, we're only getting like 30% engagement on any article that's over 500 words. <laughs> and he was okay, make every article over 500 words. And I was like, what? what? No, but no, everybody's engaging with the ones that are uh, fewer than 500 words. And he says, yeah, but my clients, my cli- ideal clientele are going to be able to sit through over 500 words. And if they can't, I don't want them. And I mean, that's, that's a ballsy move. Yeah. Do that when you're that well established, whatever. It's harder to do that, you know, straight off the bat. But I agree, you know, as much as Instagram has changed the algorithm, whatever, it's a little bit concerning and disheartening. Uh, I think a bit, a bit like demoralizing. You know, when you've really spent time or like this new content and you know it's going to help a lot of people, please put it up there. Like, forget me. Like, even even put it on your own. Take me out of it. Take my hashtag out of it. Just put it up there. Like, it would actually yeah. help. But then they kind of hold it back because. Uh, I don't know, it's not a paid advert or just have somebody talking in it or whatever, do you know what I mean? So you kind of got to have, know how to play the game. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really concern me that much because I feel as though my, inst- it's not even to do with the following or how well established I am, it's to do with the integrity of my page. I know that my page has the integrity and the character almost identical to me, as best it can be right now anyway almost identical to me so that I know you know what even if only 10 people click on my page those 10 people are going to see exactly who I am exactly and I'm going to get some real feedback from those 10 people I'm not concerned with being all things to all men and all women that doesn't you can't yeah. ever argue that it's, it's impossible it's, it's honestly it's a life wasted trying to pursue that and even on social media it's such a small thing it's, it's such time wasted if anything um yeah, the social media side of things, having everything really uniform, it was a way for me to be consistent in the beginning. So I don't know if you've heard of a motivational YouTube channel called the Mull- Mulligan Brothers. Nah. No. Uh, yeah, I think you would like them. They've, uh, they, I mean, it's, they range from sports motivation to business motivation to motivation as an entrepreneur, and they kind of divulge now into just like kind of general motivation just for life and get through mental health issues and stuff like that. But they, uh, I think, I think they are, they might be the number one uh, motivational video channel on YouTube like today. Nice. Uh, but I, the, the guy who, the guy who runs it, Jordan Mulligan, Jordan Mulligan is 
he's the main guy and he's got his little brothers helping him whatever and uh, he's a hustler man he might be someone you want to get on the show he's about hustling bro like he's he i remember coming into his house one day and he had he had he was sat on his, on his lap he had a fan and he had a cold towel and he had his laptop on the cold towel on the fan because he kept overheating oh, and he was yeah, he was editing videos on the monitor and then looking on this monitor and like, bro he's the definition of <laughs> that he, no, he hustled bro. yeah he hustles his ass off yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But when I, before I saw the social media side of things, I really, I kind of sat down with him and I said, listen, man, I, I don't want to quit. And I know that I'm not going to quit because I really want to do this. But I don't want to have to kind of quit and start again because I've not started out right. I might regret or at least look back and laugh on some of the content that I've um, uh, given out over the years or whatever. And that's fine because that's growth. Yeah. But I set myself up to fail. So you tell me how, like, like, what is the algorithm of success? Not YouTube's actual algorithm, but what is the algorithm of success in terms of having a business that relies on social media or that at least has to lean on it for yeah. a lot of people? Um, and he, the one thing he said to me was consistency. Yep. He said, you have to be consistent. You can't like just you know release a video and then like two weeks later release another one like one thing i see a fucking lot of way too much of is these fitness influencers on instagram and you know they might be putting out great content and then all of a sudden you know they won't put anything out for a while and then they'll put a video up after like a week or two and they'll say sorry for the uh, delay and i'm like yo first of all who you start to use a shit right because you just <laughs> second of all like, why are you bringing attention to that? Nobody gives a shit. Even the people that do give a shit about your videos, don't give a shit if you're fucking sorry or not. Just post a fucking video, help somebody. It's not about you. That's the thing. That's my, that is real. When I get, you know, I would go all day about this. But when it gets to the bit, that's my problem with these fitness influencers. Not that they're teaching people wrong exercises, not that they're teaching people potentially unsafe or bad advice or whatever, or ill-knowledgeable. Because I feel like for some people, something is better than nothing. And those fitness influencers provide a flat platform where you can see somebody who looks like you doing something that looks fairly easy. And it's like, okay, cool. But what gets me is it's all about them. They're not doing it for anybody else but them. themselves. It's the yeah. vanity. Yeah. I, I don't like, I know. You've got you to give back. Like, I don't post anything for me. Fuck all yep. that. It's, it's for the people, you know what I mean? It's got to benefit somebody else. Yep. So. <laughs> That's true, man. That's true. And I like that you said the consistency. There's a guy that I follow. His name's Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Um, yeah. He's all about that, man. He's like fucking content, content, content. You got to be fucking putting out 100 pieces of content a day and stuff. And it's true, though, you know what I mean? You have to put it out there. And But at the same time, you have to put stuff that gives people value. You know what I mean? Like you said, you can't be just putting out shit just because, oh, it makes you look good. You know what I mean? You got to put out stuff that's going to help people, that's going to, you know, push someone to do something or show someone like, hey, or motivate them. That's that's what I think is the best thing to do. And I know you have all these fucking girls that are half naked booty pictures and stuff like that just to get likes and stuff. And it's annoying. There's a there's a there's a a group here in Texas, San Antonio, Texas. And they just came out a few months ago, and they're pretty big now. But the way they got big, it's called—I'm not gonna oh, fuck it—I'll say the name HC Fitness. HC 
and they uh, they came out their first like po- couple likes and posts or whatever was all because these girls that they were kind of promoting they were pushing like making all these like girls they're what is called sponsored athletes and of course that's going to get them you know and half the stuff that they post like they, they promote certain things that are like fuck I don't think that's good or they show someone with horrible form and they're like yeah good job keep that up and it's like oh it just bothers me yeah, <laughs> Listen, I, I, I don't, I, no, it's not even that I don't mind. I, I absolutely, categorically applaud anybody who is um, doing something to better themselves, doing something to kind of improve on their weaknesses. Oh, big time. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I love that. Everybody's got to start somewhere. But don't fuck around and don't lie and don't kid yourself as if you're a expert in nutrition or PT or whatever. Like, Nah, like there, there, there is, there is so much. Like I always use the example, right? Of uh, let's say if your, um, if your car wasn't working, if my car wasn't working. The first thing that I would do, the absolute first thing that I would do, is call, um, uh, call like the car company and say, listen, this is the problem with the car. Blah blah blah. Can I bring it in? Um, another example is if I uh, have like a really bad toothache. Call my dentist and I say, listen, I need the point, I need to get more thin or whatever. But all of a sudden, people want to lose weight, get strong, get muscly, get faster, quicker, better at basketball through the gym, better at football through the gym, better at all these things through the gym. And they, the first thing they do is go and sign up to a 9 at 9 a month membership and fucking have a little um, induction with fucking Dylan, the PT. And <laughs> yeah. how the fuck is How do you, do you really think? something as precious as your body is gonna do be right with such little instruction you have to invest you have yeah. to invest i've got a friend um that i'll share his uh, profile with you like after this his name's danny 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 mulligan and he's one of the brothers from the mulligan brothers that i'm just speaking about not that much involved with the YouTube channel. He does his own thing. He's a PT. He's a really good guy. He's got a really good um, PT. Just you know, straightforward, no bullshit trainer, uh, which I like. But he has a thing that he always says to me, and I always I, I fucking love it. He said, you will pay the price somewhere. And it doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter what it is. You will pay the price somewhere. So if you're a potential client and somebody says to you, and like, for example, like I say to my girls, I say, listen, you've got personal training which is one one price you've got the boot camp which is another price and you've got the class which is another price right they all vary in prices but if you and you will pay pay the price somewhere so you're not going to pay you're going to pay five pounds a week for the class here but you're going to pay the price in the fact that actually if you would have gone with pt you would have got to where you're going much quicker much more effective you would have enjoyed it more you would have learned more you would have got there and you would not have been scared of, of transitioning back into who you were because with pt you get education or whatever do you know what i mean so and it's not oh listen it's not, i'm not that's not me trying to upsell or anything that's just me telling people that i could and the same for, and when i tell them that i also tell them if you pick PT, you'll pay the price somewhere because in three months' time, you're given what you've told me about your income, you're not going to have money to pay for me anymore. And you're going to be upset and it's going to hurt. But you're not coming to me to be a fucking friend. You're coming yeah. to me nervous. And if you get this and boom, 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 three months' time, you're going to be in a position where you say, I 
I don't need to go back to another PT. And if I do, it's because I want to, not because I need to. Yep. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's kind of my philosophy uh, in regards to that. It's true, man. I mean, um, I think it all comes down to value and like how they see it in their eyes. You got to kind of convince them a little bit. But a lot of times people don't understand, like, as far as my prices, my prices are, you know, fairly, you know, on the higher side. Um, but it's because of all the knowledge that I have, these experiences that I've had that have helped me. At first, I didn't start like that. At first, I was fucking, dude, I was charging maybe, it was like on the average of like $7 per session, which is nothing. You know what I mean? That's like a fucking hamburger or something. You know what I mean? It's nothing. Um, now it's around, you know, $50 an hour. Um, and what I'm trying to say is like, they don't like, you have to help, you have, they have to see the value in it. You know what I mean? A lot of times they don't value, especially their health and wellness and fitness and stuff like that. But it's about, you know, convincing them, showing them, Hey, like this is what it's worth. You know, you can go, you can go to Planet Fitness and pay $10 a month and not know what the fuck you're doing. Or you could see me and actually get to their a lot quicker and sometimes they'll say no sometimes they'll say no and i'm like okay well let's let's do this let's measure you let's do some measurements first let's do a little test right now go do your thing go for it go for a month month and a half two months come back to me let's let's do it again let's see where you're at more than half the time nothing changed i'm like all right so you ready now yeah okay, yeah let's give it a try okay you know yeah. Thing, I, I don't. I generally, as a rule, uh, generally focus on like measurements or whatever because I like to get the girl. Because my clients are all women, um, the psychology of uh, I, what I find this is through experience. There's no like research really backs this up or anything. I mean, there might be, but I haven't researched it. I just know from my experience that women will get fixated on the scales, they'll get fixated on the inches, numbers, whatever. Whereas men, uh, they tend, tend to kind of just look yeah. and feel and generally continue go. You put a guy in the gym, first thing that happens, even before he starts to lift weight, testosterone is going up. Yeah, big time. Yo, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? He's just trying to brush up his shoulders. He yeah. feels good. One minute, it's not that straightforward. You might, you might, I've had women that signed up with me that um, I started on when their menstrual cycle started. So already we're off to a like, okay, let's yeah. everything down by 30% and let's kind of go for volume rather than intensity or whatever it is, you know what I mean? So, you know, there's, there's, there's ways that I kind of adapt it to the person, but I always tend to make the focus on the, um, how they look. How they feel and how they look and, you know, that's the yeah. biggest thing. I always tell them like, look, if you feel good, you feel better about yourself, your clothes is fitting better, that's that's all that matters. Stop fucking looking at the scale. You're getting muscle. You know what yeah. I mean? That shit weighs a lot more than fat. Yeah, and yeah, people yeah. don't understand that shit. Yeah, the scale doesn't, um, doesn't, that doesn't translate on the scale. <laughs> yeah. My people is like, okay, so listen, why? And you know what? In the same breath, you know, you put somebody uh, on, on, on just some sort of uh, diet restriction, whether dietary restriction, whether it's, okay, let's not drink coffee after 4 p.m or let's, you know, let's not have a biscuit before we go to bed or whatever it is, right? You put somebody on that dietary restriction or tell them to drink For, for everyone in the USA, that's uh, cookies. This is beyond no. Biscuit, a cookie, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, 
you guys are biscuits in my KFC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, something like that. But, you know, you take, you just give somebody some sort of restriction, some sort of direction, sorry, with a diet. And that first week, you lose a lot of water weight, right? And they look at the scale and they think, oh my God, I've lost three pounds or I've lost four pounds. It's like, you fucking have <laughs> You still look bad. <laughs> Don't get happy. You haven't yeah. done shit. Like, please, just, just relax and understand that this takes time. Stop obsessing over the scale. It's fine to check in. But don't think that that's the only indication of progress. Like, don't don't be doing it every single day. Every then they get fixated on that. I, you know, I tell you what, right? Quick story before we obviously move on, right? But I've got a client called Lizzie, right? And I'll, I'll name her name because I want her to watch this. Right? <laughs> she's it. and she's just today gone to. She's she's not with me for three weeks. She's gone to Scotland today. She's getting married next week. Um, and she's got a two-week honeymoon. Uh, and then, yeah, and then we're back on like the 19th of August. So she's got a little bit of a break and she's fucking deserved it. She's been training from uh, with me from literally January this year, 14th of January, did the boot camp, did PT, PT is a class, class, and she's killing it. Like she's a different animal. But she, uh, not this past month, the month before, so in June, constantly obsessing over the scale to the point where she'd come to me at 6 a.m. and She'd go, she'd come in with a big shades on and say, hey, superstar, with a coffee cup. And like, she's just like, <laughs> a sex in the city fucking scene. Like, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she'd walk over and she'd like be checking the scales before she's coming over on the gym floor. And I'm like, Lizzie, you okay? And and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm like, fucking not, because you look like dog shit. Your eyes are down fucking here. Like, her, her, her hoodie is like covering her hand. She's, she looks defenseless. She looks like yeah. an animal. Like starving herself? Yeah. So I'm so I said to her, I said, listen, Lizzie, stop looking at the scale. Okay? With a diet, the only thing I want you to do is drink three and a half liters of water a day. Right. Sorry, three liters of water a day, including whatever you drink and train in. Make every single one of your sessions, you get seven and a half hours sleep a night. And I wrote it down for her, and that, that's all I want you to do. Okay? And she's like, what about what do I eat? What about diet? And I sent her a document. Uh, which I refer to as just the general health diet, yeah. which take it out for free. It is literally just eat better things. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't be a cunt, right? Just, eat yeah. <laughs> just look, whenever you're about to eat something, look at this and say, Am I being a dick? <laughs> <And if> it, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And it's got a little bit of time restricted eating in there, so you don't kind of go too far one way, right? But it's literally, it's a diet for when you're trying to maintain. It's just, Relax. Nothing this or that or this or that. So I sent her all that. And you know what the results were? So when she was weighing herself every single day, she was fluctuating between uh, uh, three pounds up and three pounds down. So she'd be kind of losing or gaining three pounds from day to week to, to whatever, right? Um, when she stopped, she'd actually lost a pound. So she got down to that three pound and then lost a pound and she'd stayed there. <laughs> ridiculous and I said to her right now what does that show you and she's like that I that I can't control as much as I thought that I want to <laughs> because you know what and you know you could go into it about how cortisol, cortisol levels affect sleep and whatever but I think just on a baseline level if you aren't going to enjoy the process of things you're never going to get to the destination of where that process will take you 
just as simple as that. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. All right, so we're wrapping it. We're going to wrap it up a little bit. It's been like about an hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> you do this. We've not, we've not spoken too long. That's why. I know, man. This is the first time. <laughs> That's why. So um, do you have any advice that you want to give new, brand new trainers out there? This is something I do. I always ask everyone, do they have any advice? But do you have any advice that you want to give out? For brand new trainers? Yep. Okay. I'd say, I'd say, go out and look for, don't wait for them, don't wait for them to come to you. Go out and look for places where you can learn Go out and look for those places where you are the dumbest person in that room. Because that's the only way you're gonna learn. A lot of people now, and again, the rise of social media, they want their first post, their first few posts to get 100 likes and to look great and to be trim. What I did it. I did you know my first one of my first few posts. I didn't post it unless it was like me in a photo shoot like, like this against, uh, you know, with my t-shirt on, whatever. And and I appreciate that my, my intention with that, I was trying to be professional, whatever. Yeah. But it's less about like the facade, like that what you see on social media is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And the why it's so easy for me and you now to do the social media is because we're actually doing it. Like all I'm doing is recording what I'm doing in the day. Before I would have to think, right, this, blah, 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 blah. No, that shit will take care of itself. What you've got to do in the first instance is be around people that are better, smarter, yep. um, uh, like well, way more established. Make you feel small and work for fucking free. Work like a dog. Like that's the only way you're gonna get anything. That's the only way you're gonna get anything. That would be my advice to, to any uh, upcoming trainers. Work like a fucking dog. I work for free. It's true, man. That's true. I like that. Alrighty then, um, guys, go check out his page. I'm gonna put his stuff under the link under the video. Um, what is what's your Instagram handle? Uh, let me just get this right, just so I'm not uh, send anybody to the wrong place. Uh, it is Lance Cresswell Personal Training LCPT. Yeah, so if you just put Lance Cresswell Personal Training, it will come up. I mean, I've, we follow each other anyway, so yeah. Anyway, Sounds good, but. All right, guys. Um, so yeah, I will post probably the video of the the audio will be posted tonight or tomorrow night. Video, we'll chop it up. We'll have I'll have my creative dude do it. Probably be some clips of this uh, within the next week or so. But all right, guys. Again, this is Jay Charles and the hashtag Ask Jay Charles Show over here in the Perform First Gym. Thanks. Oh shit! Hold on.